Dustin. I'm Maurice, and you're listening to Category Is. Hey, what's up, Justin? How are you? I'm good. How you doing, Maurice? I'm good. I'm good. So we do have a special episode this week. We have a guest uh, coming on in a few minutes, um, but we did just want to touch on a couple of quick uh, categories. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Maurice is the Anglophile of the podcast, and there was a historical event that happened that was rather unfortunate over the weekend, and that was the passing of Prince Philip the royal concert to queen elizabeth ii who i'm so proud mm-hmm. i knew that <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, yeah so on friday morning um prince philip who is the duke of edinburgh passed away peacefully at windsor um castle at age 99 so, he looks every year of those 99 too oh well, now stop may he rest now may stop. he rest let's do but yeah um so we don't have much uh, in terms of details. I know this week um, the royal family is in mourning, their official mourning period, and the fune is on Saturday. So we'll have more details in our next episode, but just wanted to, you know, give a quick message. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be talking about that next week after the fune. Because yeah. it is televised, right? I don't know because he, um, although he's entitled to like a big, like the big state funeral and, you know, just. A, you know, huge fanfare. He said he didn't want that. So it's a very like right. pared down situation. Like it's, and you know, then due to the pandemic, um, you know, crowds can't really gather and people can't gather. So right. he's not, he's not um, lying in state. He's not um, having a huge funeral. I think it's really only going to be the Royal family. Cause I, I did read that only 30 people can gather. gather they might, him. they might make an exception, but, huh. but yeah. Yep. And uh, I believe later that same day, same right? day, yep. Was the passing of Rough Riders head rapper DMX. What's his real name? That was really sad. I don't know what his real name is. That's a good one. I do know that he had like 15 children. Yeah. Um, yeah he passed away on Friday. Earl Simmons. Uh, Earl Simmons. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. At the age of 50, 50. Yeah. So yeah. I knew that he was on like life support earlier in the week, and there was like, you know, people jumping the gun with saying he had passed and all types of things. But it was really sad. Claudia Jordan. But, you know, it was, it was nice to see a lot of people come out and, and you know, rev their bikes and do the rough, rough uh, at the vigil that they were having for him. You know, Anybody in check Miami on Miami and in the Bronx. I think Eve is in London with her billionaire husband. Right. Um, she doesn't care. I mean, I'm sure she cares because he did put her on. Yeah. But it was kind of sad. It, you know what's it's, and it's, this tale is, is as old as time, but you never realize how beloved people are until they go, until they mm-hmm. pass. Mm-hmm. Like all weekend, just everyone posting everywhere about DMX. And that's, you know, yeah. Sad. It, it, yeah, definitely, because, you know, when you look back and, you know, pe- people had, you know, so many jokes and things to say about, you know, him in recent history, but, um, you know, with like the drug use and like all the different stuff, but um, he really changed the game in terms of hip hop culture, rap, mm-hmm. and, you know, just music in general. So, Tim's for you, DMX. Tends to you. Quite a loss. 
All right, guys. Well, that's our short little, you know, discussion about those topics. I'm sure we'll have more to discuss next week. But now you guys can get into our special guest. Hello, listeners. Uh, As we teased for you last week, we have a very special guest here to talk about some issues that may be of interest to you. It is a real estate agent and specialist, Terry Upshur. Uh, Terry, as I said, is a real estate salesperson in Philadelphia. He's been an agent for about four years. Uh, He has a clientele that um, serves first-time homebuyers, sellers, those who are looking to upsize, downsize, investors, and those looking for multifamily units. Um, I personally uh, began and trying to start my own home buying adventure. And I know last year Maurice bought his first home. So we thought, you know, given everything that's happening in the world right now, that Terry was a really important person to have come on and talk to some of our listeners about the wild world of real estate. Hi, Terry. How are you? I am good. Thank you guys for having me today. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm excited about the opportunity to talk about real estate and uh, a little bit about myself and how I can possibly help uh, other people out there. Great, great. Um, If you could just tell our listeners, how did you get into real estate as your profession? Yeah, so I, you know, I've always had a fascination with real estate uh, as I wanted to be an architect during my high school days, like really early on. Uh, My career, unfortunately, had gone in a different direction. Uh, I worked in financial services for about 12 years Mm post-college in the banking industry. And I just didn't feel passionate and purposeful about my work, right? I did well, um, you know, moved to different roles, uh, financially did okay, um, but I just didn't feel fulfilled. Um, I didn't really have that spark, you know, going to work every day. I just more or less was like, all right, when is it time for me to take a vacation? And when is the weekend started? Um, yeah. So, you know, I wanted to help people in some capacity and give back to others. Uh, it was when, probably when I purchased my first home with my fiance before becoming an agent that that kind of like sparked a little bit more of that interest because I I just felt like the experience needed an enhancement. Um, right. We were a gay couple buying and buying in Point Breeze. Mm-hmm. I just didn't see any representation. Right. Like wow. I didn't see the black agents there, uh, and you know also importantly I didn't see any black gay black gay real estate agents uh, there as well. Um, so it was probably after that experience and me doing some self-reflecting on what, what I, on what I wanted to be when I grew up that I desired to pursue a career in real estate. Uh, so, you know, from that uh, point, I did my homework, spoke to several people already in that business, took the course, and here I am today. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Uh, Terry, thanks for joining uh, the show today. Uh, we kind of had... a brief conversation a few um, episodes ago, Justin and I, we were talking about this show called Marriage or Mortgage. Is that it on Netflix? Yeah. Oh, yes. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I'm obsessed with the show. Yeah, marriage or Mortgage. Yeah. Yeah. So we did want to, you know, kind of bring a real estate expert onto the show to kind of talk about, you know, just some of the things going on in the in the real estate world. So um, quick question, you know, with the, um, you know, the whole pandemic situation and yeah. And, um, you know, everyone's getting their stimmies now and they're, you've seen the memes where people <laughs> are, yeah, you know, yeah. they're like, 
I got my stimmy, you know, now I want the extra guac or, you know, now I'm ready to buy buy a yacht or a house or things like that. So um, how did the pandemic affect uh, the real estate market and like how hot and how cold or how cold is the is the market right now? Well, I will say in this quick sidebar. So I going back to that show, it was one of those things like marriage or mortgage we actually were about to get married and we were just like in no way or form thinking about spending money on buying a house and somehow magically we did it and it was kind of like and we still had room in there to do the wedding too so it's possible to do both you just have to yes it is possible to do both (laughs) um you can navigate it uh you know just working with the right person to to get it done um but going back and you know, like into the pandemic, um, you know, I think real, like the biggest thing was quarantine really changed the way people looked at their space mm-hmm. and the functionality of it. Right? People who lived in condos with no way of getting out now wanted like outdoor space. Mm-hmm. Um, right. People who had a small family and were in that starter home, they need an elbow room for the adults and the play space for the kids. Uh, Working from home was a full-time thing now, or is a Mm -hmm. full-time thing now, uh, as well as homeschooling. Um, Gyms were closed. Restaurants Mm -hmm. were closed. Uh, People wanted, like, better and bigger kitchens. Uh, They wanted workout rooms. Uh, They they needed that extra room for the Peloton. (laughs) Yes. We need that. Right, I got one. I got one during quarantine. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> do you like it? What do you say? Do you like your Peloton? I love it. Oh, I gosh. do. Like it. I feel yeah. it's kind of culty, but I also want one. It's, it's, it's very culty, but I will say, like you know, the Peloton like definitely motivated me to do, like you know, some more running, you know, like and also just kind of uh, be okay with doing the home workout. Right. 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 Um. But yeah, so people in the city, you know, like started looking at the burbs uh, because the burbs afforded them all of that. Uh, But now it's also coming with the premium. Um, And yeah, so people, you know, it's it's really it's really crazy. Like people in D.C. and New York, you know, who didn't really uh, have the ability to spend money uh, on places or just when they spent money, it wasn't for, you know, a lot of a lot of space. They started looking at Philadelphia because Philadelphia became all of a sudden much more affordable, especially with like the work from home schedules and everything like that. Um, now, even folks from the West Coast are coming to the East because of the affordability. Um, so that's kind of like how things started heating up into this frenzy of a market that we have right now. Um, I think that, you know, what I want people to know is that, yes, it is still very much a seller's market. Um, and one of the things that, you know, I had to navigate with my clients is, you know, the the idea of it's, you know, of getting a bargain and it being bargain world. I'm just like, you know, bargain world does not exist right now. Um, <laughs> it does not. Like, you know. People coming in and wanting like a thirty thousand dollar off of the the list price, uh, and then also a seller's assist. You know, like hey, I want the seller to pay for my closing costs too, because I only want to spend two thousand dollars out of pocket. Right. You know, like those situations are few and far between. So explain what a seller's market is, in case someone doesn't know. 
Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a seller's market is pretty much, think of it in this way. There are, you know, 300 homes on the market for 3,000 buyers. Mm -hmm. uh, the demand for homes, uh, you know, is, 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 is the, the amount of homes on the market is, is less than the demand uh, that mm -hmm. is out there. Um, so what does that in turn do? That in turn, you know, like drives the, the prices higher for the home because you have more people competing for that one, you know, like one house. So the key turnkey home that, you know, like you can just move in, drop your boxes, unpack, and just like kick your feet up, you know, it's coming at a premium now. And, you know, like you have five to 10 to, you know, sometimes even more people uh, just competing for the same the same type of, you know, property. And right. uh, essentially the inventory uh, days on market uh, right now is, you know, it, it's less than like 60 days, 60 to 90 days worth of inventory in a seller's market. Uh, in the buyer market, like, you know, you will see houses essentially on the market for like six months. Mm. In this type of market right now, right. today, we're just not seeing that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it definitely um, makes sense. As someone, uh, it was actually a skit on SNL maybe a month ago that was very much me. And um, it was just people like who have a Zillow addiction and you go through and look at houses on Zillow that you cannot afford. <laughs> and it almost is like it gets you off because you just, you just love looking at real estate. Similarly, I love watching uh, House Hunters. Yeah, all, all oh, the memes were like <laughs> the couple <laughs> is like underwater basket weaving and they yeah. like you know sell bananas twice a weekend at a farmer's Part market time. and their budget yeah. is like 1.8 million dollars but <laughs> you know that gives you a very unrealistic perception of what it's like to buy a home and what you need if you could terry could you tell us like what maybe someone even in my position as a first-time home buyer uh, would need to do to have their ducks in a row to be prepared to purchase a home? Yeah, so, you know, there the the opportunity to purchase a home is very realistic. I don't want people to think that even in this market with it being a seller's market, mm -hmm. um, that it's un, unreal or unmanageable um, or it's just this huge obstacle that is going to take, you know, six months to do. Um, you know, I, I tell my people all the time, I'm like, Hey, listen, like you can own a home from beginning to end process in 30 days. Yep. Right. Yeah. 30 days. I'll say it again. 30 days. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the biggest thing in that is going to be. Coin, having... though. What you say? If you got that coin. Actually, you, know, you know, not, not completely. Like, you know, I've had people to start the process. They've gone out in their first outing. Uh, we looked at three homes. They found the home, you know, within that uh, set of, of tours. They put in their offer and, you know, like they were under contract and they closed on a home in 30 days. Uh, wow. Yeah. The biggest, the biggest piece of it, honestly, is having a pre-qualification slash pre-approval mm -hmm. from a mortgage company. Um, that is like, you know, your 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 biggest ticket to get into into the chaos um and then also at the same time like you don't have to you don't need to have 
10% uh, you know, like saved for the property. So what do I mean by when I say that? Like for a $200,000 house, you don't need to have necessarily $20,000 uh, saved in the bank or 40,000 uh, in order to be able to afford it. There are, you know, like, um, well, first, uh, you are able to put down 3% for your mortgage uh, with a conventional product. I think that's a, a big misconception that a lot of people have. They think like, well, you know, I have to have an FHA loan. I have to have an FHA loan. You don't have to have an FHA loan. You can actually have a conventional 3% uh, or an FHA 3.5% down uh, type of loan program in order to purchase your first home. Um, one of the one of the other key you know pieces is yes they would actually like to see you with uh, some sort of relatively small savings right so when I say small think of it like this think of maybe the price point that you're looking at if it's a two hundred thousand dollar home you want to have you know like three times one percent of that amount so two hundred thousand dollars you want to have at least uh, what six thousand dollars in order to uh, purchase the home. Um, there are different programs out there, uh, loan programs uh, that exist that will assist you with down payment assistance. Uh, but then also you can potentially get a seller's assist in order to afford you the house as well. So you don't necessarily need, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars for, you know, like $20,000, $30,000 um, in order to purchase a home Third thing you can have, if anyone contributes to a 401k, 403b type of plan, there are programs out or not with those uh, with those type of um, retirement plans. They do allow you to leverage them in order to purchase a home. And what people think is like, oh, well, you know, like, hey, I'm stealing for myself. Like, why would I ever use my 401k? You're actually not stealing from yourself. You're actually, you know, like moving the asset from one one investment vehicle mm -hmm. to another. Right. Um, and the repayment on those is typically like typically small. Like if you, you know, borrowed, say for example, ten to twenty thousand uh, dollars from your four hundred one k in order to purchase your home, your repayment on that could be as small as ten bucks a month or ten bucks a day. Sorry. Uh, so it's it's very much possible, even in a even in a seller's market, to own a home. Nice. Yeah. So we had a re a really good um experience with our realtor. Um, she was, you know, kind of just always available. Um, had was you know there for our questions if we had them, and you know she just really kind of went the extra mile we think like she was just always you know there if we had a question at like eight o'clock at night <laughs> you know we could text her and then you know within like five minutes she's texting back or even she's like emailing us like in the middle of the night you know just you know this is the next stage of the process this is what's going to happen next you know just mm -hmm. really um involved in in our process and in our journey so um i do know that you know sometimes real estate agents they can be like part therapist, part marriage counselor, <laughs> relationship <laughs> coach, like, yes. and then, you know, with the purchase of a home, people are just, you know, very particular about, you know, what they want, what they don't want. Couples, you know, can, can argue and fight. Um, so like, how do you de deal with like a demanding client or set of clients? 
a couple of their, you know, just very particular or just, you know, difficult to deal with. Yeah, well, I will say that, yes, uh, <laughs> some people are, you know, like definitely difficult to, or it, it's a challenge with some people. Uh, but going back to like, you know, the experience that you have with your agent and one I compare to my own uh, and the way in which I work, you know, anybody who knows me, they're just, they, they know that I'm a workaholic and it's kind of like addicting what I do. I think I love it that much. It has just become addicting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so meaning, yes, like my clients, you know, do text me at eight in the evening uh, we have conversations sometimes all the way up to 10 p.m. at night, you know, like just texting. Uh, it's it's also like, you know, depending upon how you would like to schedule it, uh, it's a it's a seven day job or yeah, a seven day work week. Right. Wow. Um, yeah. And, you know, definitely now it's kind of, you know, so busy and it's really rough to take or really difficult to, to be able to take a day off. Um but yeah, I, you know, am somewhat at the beck and call to, you know, say the least sometimes I feel like, you know, at my clients, uh, and sometimes it, it just becomes difficult because like, you also have to balance your own personal life in that. Right. And I think that's kind of what people sometimes forget, uh, especially if it's, for example, a hot home that came to the market and they're just like, oh my God, I need to see that home today yeah and you know like you're at a family function or you're out of town you know like right. one of the challenging pieces of that is if you you know are a solo agent uh or sometimes not even a solo agent but if you're on a team it can be a little easier sometimes to get that coverage but you know like it's a challenge to just you know drop everything all at once and get your client into a house you know at, at the drop of a dime um, so it's kind of like you, you have to balance that, uh, piece of it as well and balance kind of like those expectations. Um, I know myself, like, you know, I, I'm pretty flexible. And I think for me, the fact that I have a, uh, a partner who is, you know, pretty understanding of, you know, like the change or, you know, like the, 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 the demands. The yeah, the demands right. of, of my client, you know, like it makes it a little easier. Uh, but it's also, you know, sometimes difficult when, you know, like you have to go to family functions either late or, you know, vacation has to start like a couple of days later than you intended it to because, you know, it's such a, a pretty, it's such a hectic, you know, period of time for working. Um, but, you know, again, for me, like I, I love what I do. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, my goal is to to make it with like any person who works in a, you know, customer facing type of role, like, you know, your 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 greatest uh, goal is to make your clients happy. Right. Because if you make them happy, they'll be a return client. And that's what you want. <laughs> they'll advocate your business. Um, right. Yeah. You know, like and, and those are, you know, pretty pretty clutch, right? Like, you know, for me, I'm essentially, I would say 90% like referral, uh, referral and, and sphere of influence type of a business. Like that's kind of business that I run. Like my clients refer me clients, uh, my, you know, circle, they, you know, bring me people, my past mm-hmm. clients, they refer my business. So, you know, like that's a, that's a big part of, of, of your business. 
Right, right. It's it's interesting because um, you know, to me, I'm just kind of beginning to explore the whole harm purchasing, you know, aspect in the world. And I remember I actually met Terry at a open house a few years ago, just randomly. Yes. And yeah. mm-hmm. I remember you were so nice. You had such a great personality and were so kind. I remembered your name. And then oh. when I was ready to like get my, you know, start looking for my home, I was like, I think I want to work with this guy. And I remember we had a talk, and I really sometimes can be a little woo-woo. And I was like, I just like his energy and his spirit. But one thing that we talked about on the phone that was also really important that I didn't even think about. You said, we were talking about getting pre-qualified. And I remember you asked me, uh, did I have any preference in terms of working with a a company or a lender uh, uh, that is either African-American, Black, or LGBT? And I think that that's really important, especially today when people try to, you know, have social justice through spending their dollars. And that was something I didn't even think about nor mm-hmm. had it ever occurred to me. And I was honestly, my honest answer was, I don't give a damn as long as I get approved, <laughs> right? right? But <laughs> but um, could you talk to me more about that? Because I found it really interesting because when you're selling a home, there's just not the real, there's, there's attorneys, there's lots of different players that are at risk or not at risk um, that contribute to yeah. the purchase. You could talk about like, I didn't even know that was an option um, to kind of shop that way. Could you just talk more to our listeners about how you can kind of curate who's involved in your home purchase process? Yeah, um, definitely. And I think that kind of that experience was one, you know, like that I kind of created one from my own experience, uh, but then two from people that I worked with, um, you know, because, you know, with some transactions, you remain, friends with them. You either remain friends with them or it's just like, you know, like they will bring you another client, um, you know, through the grapevine uh, or another person from their Instagram might see that you worked with them and reach out to you. And you know, I've had people come to me and say like, hey, listen, like, you know, I want, I am so pro-Black. I want a Black uh, mortgage loan officer. Right. Um, or, you know, like, hey, I came to you because you are a Black agent. And I was just like, oh, wow. So I think that really made me, you know, say, hey, listen, like, I'm going to advocate for everyone, right, who can get the job done. But I do take into account the experience and say to my clients, hey, are there any, you know, like, um, do you have any preference with your professionals that you work with? Um, because again, like I've had people who have come directly to me or who have sought me out because I am a openly gay, uh, black real estate agent. Um, and I think that's, that's special, right? Because, you know, it's one of those things where like going back to my own experience, you know, the agent that we had, I felt wasn't very much, uh, didn't really get to know who we were right during this home process it was more or less like oh you know like hey do you want to just see this house oh you like it okay let's put an offer in on it right Um, i i ran into them at one point you know because they are still an agent in the business um and this person said to me oh yeah you're um you're jared's friends right and i'm just like (laughs) (laughs) you know so it was just more or less like like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, like he's my husband now. Like, and at the time we were engaged, like, you know, you knew right. we were a couple, right? So like, but it was still just very much this old 
school mentality. And that's where I was just like, you know what, like this is the experience that I want to provide to my clients to kind of separate myself from everyone else because people aren't, you know, cognizant of that. And, and, you know, if they bring it to you, like if they bring it to you, you should give them an option. Right. And that really does go to like what Maurice was saying, like, you know, your real estate agent might be your therapist, your marriage counselor. It's it's so personal, you know, because it's it's, for most people, the biggest purchase you'll make in your life. Right. So they really do personalize it. Absolutely. And, and again, it's one of those things where, you know, just when you came to me, I said, hey, listen, I have someone who may check this box, this box and that box. However, I want you to speak to all three of these people. And I want you to, you know, get the, um, I want you to work with whomever makes you feel uh, the most comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, because meaning you might go into that conversation with a, a black mortgage professional and, you know, talk to a second person for another opinion who might not be a person of color, but they just, you know, give you all the warm and, and, and fuzzies and you end up working with that person. But the experience that you're going to share with your network of people is that you know what hey terry had a he had an option for me right so and kind of to go back to kind of something we were talking about earlier so justin mentioned like house hunters we were talking about marriage or mortgage um you know (laughs) shows like property brothers things like that um do you think TV shows or reality shows, Selling Sunset, you know, Million Dollar Listing. I love Selling Sunset. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think uh, shows like that kind of shifted expectations or, you know, kind of changed the buyer or seller's mindset as in terms of like, you know, how fast things happen? Because you did mention you can get them, you know, in and out in 30 days. You know, do you think that, that that has something to do with it, or it can, you know, kind of color someone's perception. Cause I did read that, um, people who buy a house, they spend less than 30 minutes in it before they decide to buy it. Yeah. 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 Um, because when you walk into it and you just instantly get that feeling, you know, um, and I think the biggest thing is that especially couples, like when I, tour houses with couples mm-hmm. i always say this i always say you know what both of, it has to be a the house has to be ranked a seven out of ten for at least both of you or i don't want you to buy it hmm. because like buy if both of you don't like have at least a seven ranking out of it you're going one of you is going to be pushing the other, you know, like along to solid because you don't like this or that about the house. And you're going to be calling me in, you know, 24 (laughs) 24 months saying like, hey, you know what? I think we, you know, want to go ahead and move now. Um, So, you know, like that's, you know, for couples, I always make mention of that. But uh, I definitely think HGTV has, you know, skewed uh, the person's perception of the home buying process there are a lot of moving pieces to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the times, you know, what HGTV doesn't show, like, are those moving pieces behind the scenes, right? Um, it's it's more or less like they're showing like, hey, you know, I'm going to tour three houses. I picked it up. Oh, we settled and I moved it. Yeah. Just- <laughs> Ding dong. Two later. <laughs> but right. for, for the, uh, the, the shows where it's like they are doing 
uh, construction or, you know, mm -hmm. like renovations, uh, it's much more involved than you just saying like, oh, well, you know, this is my idea. And the person is just putting it to work. And then like three weeks, four weeks later, you know, you walk into a brand new renovated home uh, that, you know, they didn't even spend half as much as it cost. You know what I mean? You know, right. so it's, it's a lot of moving pieces to it. I actually renovated my own personal home uh, from top to bottom. And, you know, it was uh, a strenuous. Uh, I will say that I loved, you know, I love my home. Uh, the experience I, I love, I loved it. But at the same time, it was so stressful. Uh, we yeah. started out, yeah, we started out as a, as a, four month project quickly became five and a half, almost six months. And in that period of time, Ugh. yes. In that period of time, you know, I went from a three month Airbnb uh, because that lease ended when I expected it, you know, to like, uh, you know, when I expected my home to be done, when that lease ended, my home wasn't done. Mm -hmm. So I had to move to another airbnb i checked into the airbnb i didn't like it and i was just like oh my god i'm not spending the next 60 days here so then i moved wow. to another airbnb so you know it's it, it's not like as easy as hgv hgtv uh makes it out to be there are you know you're dealing with contractors you're having to make decision with your make decisions with your spouse about like oh my god do we love this paint color do we want these uh poles do we want, uh, you know, this tile in the bathroom? Oh, but what about the tile on the actual bathroom floor? Um, you know, it's just, it's extremely stressful. And yes, yeah. your agent then therefore becomes your therapist, um, your, you know, uh, person who makes the decision for you sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, that, that yeah. just sounds like a nightmare to me. <laughs> yeah, that's why we definitely knew we wanted new construction. And it was like yeah. no compromise. Well, even, even new construction can have its challenges too, because I last year sold uh, a couple new construction and there was delays with new construction because of the pandemic. Um, you know, materials yeah. have been impacted because of COVID. Uh, so you're seeing like delays in, you know, something as simple as appliances, right? You go to pick out appliances, mm -hmm. you know, appliance orders are backed up for like two months. So you're, you know, going to pick those appliances like two weeks before moving into your house and are just like, oh, well, the appliances that you want, you know, like it's going to be a 60 day wait. And you're just like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. So and, yeah, new construction can have its challenges too, but uh Do you, you see know, any do you see any trends like do people nowadays prefer new construction or do you see a lot of people who, you know, want existing or older homes or um it's just a mix. It's a mix. And honestly, it's it's it varies only because new construction um I've had it where, you know, people walk in it and love it instantly. I've had it where people are just like, you know what, this looks like the house two doors down. I don't want it. I want something new construction, but I want it unique. Uh and then there are folks who Yeah, right. And then there are folks who are just like they love character and they love the old character, but they just want it to be, you know, some updates or they want to update it on their own to their liking. Mm -hmm. uh, so it just varies. 
Right, right. Like for me, the idea of doing a renovation is just, it sounds stressful because I don't like to make um, decisions and I can be indecisive, even though I have a vision when presented with too many options. It just sounds yeah. like so much stress. Um, but you know, one thing that I was interested in and my partner was just like, don't do it. Uh, based upon his previous experiences, is be a landlord. You know, I think that a lot of people my age especially think that, you know, I want to generate wealth, I should get an income property, maybe I should, you know, get tenants and, you know, have that as a means of income. Um, But it's not always that easy or um, that fruitful. (laughs) Uh, If you could, could you just explain maybe some of the pros and cons of potentially, like, looking into investment properties for purposes of either, you know, long-term tenants or short-term rentals and what has been your experiences with that? Yeah, so I've experienced uh, both sides, meaning um, long-term rentals where I've had tenants and properties that I've owned. uh, And Mm -hmm. also recently, I'm now navigating the short-term rental space. Um, It's honestly what your capacity is to uh, digest, right? Short-term, I mean, uh, being a landlord can be challenging. Uh, But it can also be rewarding, too. It just kind of depends upon the circumstance around the property. My my thing is, now that I've done it and learned, um, where I would have started probably in my 20s was with a multifamily, maybe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because, you know, for your first property, if it's not going to be your forever home, um it's always good to have an investment, right? And just kind of thinking again, going back to that example of, you know, 401k, moving your your money from one asset to another, uh, but the asset is going to grow and also make you money at the same time um, and be consistent and pay for itself even, uh, that's the multifamily. Um, you can own or occupy a, a multifamily as your first property and earn a, a rental income and then spend little to nothing on your actual mm-hmm. mortgage. Um, I've had I've had clients who have, you know, moved into a multifamily. Their mortgage may be two thousand dollars, but they have a tenant, and the tenant pays fifteen hundred. Right. So right. your mortgage, your portion of the mortgage is only five hundred bucks, right, uh, for a duplex. Uh, and then say once you are ready to move out of that said duplex, uh, you get in another tenant who's paying $1,000 for your unit because your unit was on the first floor. So now your mortgage uh, is $2,000 and your income is $2,500. So your net, you know, like your net income off of that is an additional $500. Um, so it then pays for itself and gives you $500. Either maybe that goes towards savings or paying that mortgage down, or it might be paying, you know, like towards like a student loan or a car payment uh, or something like that. Now, the scary part, (laughs) drum roll, is when (laughs) you get tenants uh, who are either, you know, just annual yearly tenants, or when they move, there are just uh, repairs that need to be made to the home that are just going to be costly. Uh, me personally, I've experienced a situation where, you know, I had a fully renovated home. Um, I gave someone an opportunity. Uh, they didn't necessarily have the best, like, you know, like credit history, blah, blah, blah. But 
I was just like, okay, you know what? Like I met them. I like you. Um, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Uh, that person ended up destroying my property. Oh, oh no. Property. Yeah. And it was kind of unfortunate because I, I loved the house. Um, we actually loved the house. And, you know, like that person, you know, I'm going to get like, <laughs> they let, uh, they didn't cook. Uh, so they ordered food every day and like, they didn't like dispose of their trash. Uh, they oh, then, no. brought, yeah, they then brought a, a pet into the house that I didn't know. And because this was all because, you know, like they were paying rent on time. Like I didn't have to borrow them. So, you know, I never really went by the house to, you know, check anything. Um, and, you know, it was kind of like out of, out of sight, out of mind. Um, but they, you know, had a pet in the property. And then lo and behold, like one of my neighbors who I was still cool with, she was just like, you know, hey, um, your tenant is in the backyard sleep. And, you know, she might be like drugged out. Uh, the dog is, <laughs> yeah, the dog is running down the block. Oh, I didn't tell you the dog uh, broke her ankle um, because she she has a 100 pound dog that she can't manage. And she fell down the steps trying to walk the dog because he was dragging her. So, and I was just like, oh my God, are you kidding me? And yeah, I wow. know, therefore took it upon myself to walk through the property. And she, you know, it was, it was beyond nasty. She also smoked. In the <laughs> oh, wow. uh, there was a small leak in the house that she didn't tell me about. Cause I'm just like, you know, I was like, Hey, listen, like if you had called me and let me know, like I would have gotten it, you know, addressed right away. And she was just like, oh, I didn't. And I was just like, no, you didn't call me. And she was just like, oh, okay. So, you know, I had to in turn, like, get this leak fixed. Um, when she, when I, when she moved out, when I ended her lease, you know, I spent, I've spent a couple thousands of dollars, like, between getting it cleaned, um, getting repairs in the property. So that is, you know, like, my horror story. And actually, I sold that one. Um, after getting it, you know, back together, but it cost me, you know, to the tune of like almost near $5,000, um, in order to put it back together in order to be sold. Yeah. And, you know, I've owned, you know, other properties where the tenants were great and they didn't destroy the property. They paid on time. Um, actually they paid ahead of time, um, on time. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, like then I wanted, I, I so wanted them to be long-term tenants. I'm like, oh my God, you are the perfect tenant. And it took me so long to find you. And they're just like, well, COVID came. Oh, well, we need more space. And I was just like, are you kidding me? Um, so they moved. Uh, and then I was just like, you know what? I'm taking a turn. I'm going into the short-term rental because I didn't want uh, the headache of not seeing enough of a, a net income or a profit, um, you know, every year. So now I'm, I'm in the short-term rental space where I purchased a second home uh, and I'm, you know, leveraging the opportunity to rent that out as an Airbnb and it's up in the Poconos and that's where, you know, like it's, it's done me well so far. Um, it's paid for itself. Um, and yeah, it's, it's paid for itself. I think I've only paid like one mortgage payment, um, but it's paid for awesome. itself. Yeah. It's paid for itself since owning um and you know like it's it's booking up and I get to use it also when I want if I don't want it I can scale it right I can rent it out as much as I want or I can enjoy it for ourselves as as much as we want so 
Sounds but good. Not, yeah. Sounds good. So last question um, for you, because I know we've, we've talked a lot about um, buying uh, the house or buying a property. Um, do you have any kind of advice or suggestions for people who want to sell their property? I have one. It's to clean up. <laughs> it's to make sure you clean up before they come to take the pictures because yes. Yes, they're going to put them on Zillow and all across the internet and your house looks That is a big pet peeve of mine. Oh my God. A big pet peeve. Um, but uh, yeah, so that kind of segues into what I was going to say. Don't think folks are just going to pay for anything. So what do I mean when I say that? Like, yes, mm -hmm. like make sure the house is presentable. Um, put your best foot forward. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be a, you know, renovated home um, that's updated. It can be, you know, a cute home that, you know, has been, you know, it just needs some cosmetic things done. You just want to put your best foot forward. Um, work with an agent who's knowledgeable and who's going to show you the potential of your home. Um, you know, don't just sell yourself short just because of a distressed property. Mm -hmm. um, and understand that the market is going to dictate what your home will sell for. Uh, the thing that I dislike the most is, and I know like, you know, we all think that, you know, everything that we own is worth a million dollars and, you know, like, Hey, oh, you see that, um, $500,000 home that just, they just built and they just sold. Okay, well, I'm gonna get four hundred thousand dollars for mine, and you haven't done a thing to it since you know, like nineteen ten. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, the market is going to dictate what you will sell your home for. So if you're overpriced, uh, your home is going to sit on the market, and no one's going to buy your home. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, and honestly, like that's a waste of your time. Like it doesn't serve me as a professional to just get a listing, just because. Um, my goal is to get you your home sold in the, you know, fastest amount of time for the highest dollar possible. Um, so now, and now is an amazing time to to sell your home and get top dollar. And one of the things that I love about my company, uh, Compass, uh, is that we have a program called Compass Concierge, where say you have, you know, some things in your home that need to be fixed that you just can't afford to do before you put your home up for sale, uh, like repairing a leak, um, maybe, you know, fixing up a roof or, you know, even as simple as repainting or getting your home declutter. Um, we have a program called Compass Concierge that is essentially a zero interest loan using the equity in your home. And you can pay it back when you sell your home out of your proceeds. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. And, you know, like, honestly, I feel like that's such a game changer, you know, that my company offers, but also something that the people in um, underserved communities don't really know about, right? Like, why give your home away when you can just, you know, make a couple of tweaks and get top dollar from your home, for your home? Awesome. Awesome. Um, that's really, really cool program that you guys have there. Um, I think we talked about so much uh, during this podcast. It's been so informative, Terry. We really do thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wealth of knowledge and expertise in real estate with thank our listeners. Yeah, Absolutely. I probably, I probably talked too much. I probably talked your head off, but you know, again, I love 
real estate. And uh, I think that it's, you know, uh, a powerful uh, asset, um, you know, to anyone. And, you know, I, I just, I want to help as much as I can. Yeah, and, and it's clear through everything that you said here that your passion and love for real estate is is quite evident. Um, and that's why I like you so much. I think you're so great. If yeah. you could just tell our listeners where they can find you if they'd like to reach out and get more information. Yes, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram at Terry R.E. as in real estate, Terry R.E. Philly. Um, you, I'm also on LinkedIn. Uh, my website, you can check me out at terryupshur.com. Uh, and that's T-E-R-R-Y-U-P-S-H-U-R.com. Awesome. Yeah, we'll drop all that information in our show notes as well. Uh, just want to thank you so much again for coming on Category Is, Terry. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank I'm you. I'm so grateful uh, for you guys having me. And uh, hopefully we can do it again soon. Sounds good. Awesome, definitely. Thanks again to our special guest, Terry Upshur, real estate agent here in Philadelphia. We'll be sure to put all his information down in the show notes. He gave us a lot to, to unpack. So if you have any questions um, or want to follow up, we'll be sure to put uh, his contact info down there so you can get answers to some of the questions that might have been raised or came out of this, uh, this interview. So Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening to this week's show, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Category Is. Be sure to like, rate, and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all things social media at Category Is Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can contact us at CategoryIsPod at gmail.com. Check us out on the web at CategoryIsPod.com.